This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. There's been a terrible start to the year in terms of one of our biggest ongoing problems, road safety. This week, two pedestrians were killed, as you heard in Bob's news, in two separate collisions. One was a hit and run. The victim of that crash was a 26-year-old woman who was killed by a driver operating a tractor trailer in North York. The other incident took place in Brampton, where a male pedestrian died. And on January 4th, a 65-year-old man died after being struck by the driver of a vehicle near Jarvis and Gerard Street East. And that was also a hit and run. Yet, The authorities keep telling us that the much-vaunted Vision Zero plan is working. Is it? Mayor John Tory says he will be, quote, consulting with Toronto Police, transportation staff, and road safety advocates in the coming days about the need to increase penalties for drivers using our roads recklessly. Okay, is that going to do it? And, of course, there are now additional obstacles for pedestrians because of all the snow. I'd like to hear from you about anything you are witnessing or experiencing as you try to get out there in the winter. Um, Are there some places you're afraid to walk? I know that happens to a lot of people in the winter. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And now I'd like to welcome Sergeants Brett Moore, and Jason Kraft of Toronto Police Traffic Services, and Toronto City Councillor and Deputy Mayor Stephen Holliday. Thank you for being with us. Perfect. Thank you. Good afternoon, uh, Libby. Uh, to good afternoon to the Zoomers, and of course, uh, good afternoon to the sergeants. Okay. Well, let's start with the sergeants and Brett Moore. Terrible start to the year, and uh, we're seeing two out of three are hit and runs. How do you explain that? Well, we're uh, yeah, you're right. We started the year off again. We're talking about failed to remain collisions. It is a phenomenon that's uh, it isn't new, but uh, it, it does seem uh, that there's a higher frequency. Um, even if it's not statistically correct, it just seems that way. And I think that's what we're getting as a feedback from people. They're concerned. There's lots of questions after these types of uh, these crashes that involve people leaving the scene. And uh, we need people to talk about it because um, it, it is a big problem. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's one of those investigations that uh, for us at Traffic Services that there's no higher level of response, right? Our officers all chip in. Um, we pull all the resources. And um, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those where um, we've got, we're getting our heads wrapped around but uh, we need help from the public constantly, and video is seems to be more often than not a, a source of that evidence that helps us steer these cases. Speaking of, that was my next question, Sergeant Kraft. I mean, what are these people thinking? There are so many cameras on the road, and and people, you know, video everything. What would be going through their heads to think that you can get away with this? Right. We have to identify the risks of the individual, um, whether you're a pedestrian or a driver, understand what those risks are and, and identify with them and know that, uh, for example, um, if you're crossing mid-block, um, there's a 40% um, 
time where you know pedestrians are being struck by I, block. I'm talking about people who are um, having a hit and run, and uh, you know what is it that they don't understand that that the likelihood uh, that they'll be caught in the case of the tractor trailer driver, mm-hmm. is it actually possible he would know that he hit somebody? For sure, I was there yesterday, and uh, we were, you know our investigators are speaking with the the, the driver and the and the business uh, involved, but uh, that's definitely a factor. But that's uh, that won't be determined until we sort of take the statements, look at the evidence, and whatnot. Um, a lot of this is, is around. It's not so, so much a criminology, but like a psychology thing of the sort of the reasons people flee. There is some research that's done. Uh, we've looked at some of it. We've had conversations around it, and, and it seems that there's that initial you know guilty mind, right? So we see in the research that I've read anyways, it says there's criminality involved. The person's a suspended driver. They're impaired. Um, They've done something that they're running away from. The good news is the average person does the right thing. They stop. They, they take responsibility. They exchange info as they need to. But we're seeing in at least nine of our fatal crashes last year, somebody hit somebody, took off, and fled the scene. And so um, it, it is a psychology issue, and it's something that's the research would point towards those things uh, of, of, uh, of criminality. But um, it, there, there's no easy, clear-cut answer. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's one of those things that uh, each one is unique, and uh, it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources to investigate. And um, it quite often it's uh, into the forensics that's when it's sort of that CSI factor kicks in we do a lot of work with center of forensic sciences uh, looking at trace evidence that we collect from the scenes um, and, and things like that so it's um, it's something we're definitely aware of and and uh and paying attention to. Uh, Councillor Holiday, yesterday, I think it was, that the mayor was saying he's going to consult about stiffer penalties. Is that the answer? I think it's part of it. Um, you know, this is a very complex problem that's before us. Uh, many of us have lived in the city for a long time, and it, you know, it feels like things are getting worse. And you can connect that with a few things that are out there. Um, populations are rising. Congestion is rising. And, and frankly, I think people's attention on what they're doing is decreasing. There's so many more distractions. Um, so those are, those are factors that are contributing to the issue. But, you know, part of the mix is making sure that there are consequences out there and enforcing a culture that, you know, people feel that they really need to make sure they're following the law and paying attention. And uh, maybe there's people out there that think, well, I can get away with this or, uh, you know, I'm not likely to get a ticket. Uh, and maybe some of those people that flee the scenes are, are not trying to take uh, responsibility for their actions. So, you know, I think that in Enforcement and those consequences is a big part of the solution. Sergeant Kraft, uh, are there tougher penalties for someone who fails to remain as opposed to someone who takes responsibility, and what are they? There are offenses specific to when someone chooses to fail to remain, and, and there there are charges applicable to yeah, fail so to what's remain a penalty? and report. Uh, the the penalty can vary. It could be a fine. It could be a suspension on the license um, upon it, conviction. Yeah, it's one of those things where we, with our hit and run investigators, it's it's um, definitely the Highway Traffic Act where you can you'll, you'll get like a minimum fine of one hundred ten dollars if you leave. But the, the the penalties go all the way up to even on like private property. There's a lot of misconceptions around. Well, it's my my collision happened in a in a parking lot at the at the plaza. I don't have to exchange information. Um, I can do something later. It's not true. It's one of those authorities that we actually have under the Highway Traffic Act that we can investigate and lay charges for failing to uh, report and do those right things that we want people to do, even on private property. So it's one of those rare um, sections where the penalties apply on private property just as much as it does on the the roadway. And if if there's a fatality involved, I mean, is there... 
jail time at all? If we move in towards the criminality, and it's, 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 there's no one sort of, we can't sort of put it right onto one thing. It depends, and our investigators look at the totality of it, and it depends on the severity. Like you said, if it's a, if it's a fail to remain involving um, uh, death, then, then we look into criminal negligence, sort of dangerous driving, and then the whole failing, failing to stop under the criminal code uh, would kick in as well. So there's there's two lines of, of authorities that, that kick in, one provincial under the Highway Traffic Act for failing to remain, failing to report, and then criminal code has the same things. And the penalties are totally different. Obviously, when you move towards criminality, the penalties in jail and suspensions and things are increased. Um, and people have received jail time for this. Absolutely. And so it's one of those things. I don't have the numbers with me right now in terms of how many times we've laid criminal fail to remain uh, charges, but I can tell you it's definitely uh, uh, every time uh, one of these happens, uh, everything is is on the table, and a lot of it ends with, with consultation with either the, the provincial prosecutors at the at the, the with the city or crown attorneys uh, when we when we consider criminality. Councillor Holiday, what do you say to people who are totally frustrated because we keep hearing Vision Zero is working, uh, and we just the you know the numbers uh, at best are not budging and sometimes seem to be going up. Well, I think we just. Have some trust in the work that we're doing. Uh, we're doing our best to make improvements all over the city. And, you know, we can go into all the details of the things that we're doing. Uh, you know, for instance, lowering the speed limits is a bit controversial. Some people said, why are you doing it? And uh, we, have to, we have to do the right thing and, and make those changes. It's not going to solve everything because we, even with the engineering controls and the law controls that we have as a city, we can't reach into the car and change driver behavior. If someone's going to gun it uh, and try to beat a light, um, they're going to do it. Uh, they have to realize that there are penalties for that, and we try to put out red light cameras. But at the end of the day, um, solving this starts with each one of us as users of the road, whether you're a driver or a pedestrian, you take the bus, whatever it is that you do, you've got to take a deep breath. You've got to be patient with uh, the congested city that we have and um, think back to the principles and the rules of the road and follow them. And by doing that, you start to take away the risks and the behaviors that I think are, are causing these collisions. Okay, let's take a call from Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Yeah, I'm bad. I've been on the phone with you guys and on the radio about this several times. And, and as you say, it's not changing. And the reason I see it's not changing is because I think we have to make a change in the approach. We're going after the driver as being always responsible. In most cases, no, it's not. It's a pedestrian walking across the street, not paying attention, either on a cell phone or they don't want to look. They don't look at anybody's eyes. I wouldn't even cross the sidewalk without looking. Now, for example, okay, the Bob, other day Bob, I, went, Bob, I was driving. I live on, I, on West Mall, Bob, and there was a Bob, pedestrian Bob. walking across the street <laughs> in the snowstorm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've said we have had lots of conversations with this, and we have talked about it before, so I'm going to let uh, the police officers answer that because uh, I think that's uh, the fact is it's actually probably not right but a lot of people think that so let's hear what mm -hmm. they have to say Sergeant Kraft uh, road safety is a shared responsibility and everybody has to identify their own individual risks and the risks that they're taking when they're sharing the same space uh, drivers have a responsibility they're operating three tons of metal and they have to have undistracted full attention when they're operating those vehicles. 
Um, so everyone has a has a part to play in road safety. I think just to add on to that as well is, you know, the council is absolutely right that it's, um, it is about changing behaviors. And what we're learning, and, and that's why we all, you know, in, in the 20 plus traffic initiative and campaigns and things that we run throughout the years, um, that we, we constantly sort of distill it and boil it and return it back to this. Um, people make mistakes. There's no question. We all are fallible. We all sort of get lost into what we're doing in, in our day-to-day. Um, but we need to identify the risks that we take, whether if it's a, the risk of behavior when you're behind the wheel for even sl- you know slight amounts of speed, distractions, aggressive driving. But if you're walking, identify the risks that, you're, that you may be taking, mid-block crossing. It's not illegal. There's no, there's no jaywalk ticket that exists on our books, but it is risky, and the stats prove that out. Uh, if you're a cyclist, not wearing a helmet, I can't give you a ticket as an adult to not wear a helmet. It's your choice. But again, the, the stats bear out to say it's risky. If you have a collision or something happens, a mistake is made, there, there's injuries to be had. I mean, behind. you know, I think that when we're, first of all, I, I want to put it out there. A lot of people agree with Bob, and the problem is the pedestrians. And that can be the perception when you're driving and you run into idiot cyclists mm-hmm. or pedestrians doing really stupid things mm-hmm. and not giving you any notice. Uh, but, and, and I want to throw it out to people. Uh, you know, Libby, give me a shout. I, can uh, I add to that, Libby? I, I, you know, in my own experience, a lot of it just boils down to selfish behavior. And I'm, I'm thinking uh, of the, the intersection of West Mall and Burnhamthorpe right here in Etobicoke, and that might be what, it, you know, what our caller was talking about. You know, as a pedestrian, uh, it's cold. I'm trying to cross the street there to get a, a coffee at Tim Hortons, and I see 10 seconds on the hand flashing. They say, I'm going to beat that light because it's cold. Well, you know, that's a mistake. We have to, as pedestrians, obey those signals. And, and when we do those things, we, we introduce risk because there's a driver t- trying to take a, a turn and they may not anticipate you jumping out. Or uh, we're holding back traffic uh, and creating more congestion. So back to the simple point of everyone needs to do their part. And we just seem to be in this city where everyone is so selfish, uh, trying to beat the light or beat the other person on the street, beat the pedestrian, beat the driver. And that's the, the situations of, of conflict that are created, and we have these tragedies, and unfortunately, every time the pedestrian loses. Uh, yeah, and uh, I was going to say, you know, I, in terms of cyclists, some of them obey the rules of the, the road. You know, yesterday, there's a guy, it's, the street is really narrow because of snow, he's on a bicycle, he's not wearing a helmet, and he's going through red lights. Yeah, it's wrong. But, it's- but you know what, as a driver, I still have to look out for him. Yeah, and I think one of the things for driving, it's one of the going back to you know basic drivers training, right? I think too many fo- folks. Um, I don't think many cars have hood ornaments anymore, but there's not a lot of folks that are looking way down the road, anticipating what's coming our way um, as a driver, and that's why when we talk about those big four factors, speed being the number one thing. Even small amounts, five clicks lower on the speed limit, um, and, and and we know that I think it was about. Over two two hundred and fifty kilometers uh, are, are slotted uh, of roadways are being slotted to reduce their speed limits, and there's great science and, and physics behind that to, to back all of those things up because we know that slower you go gives you more time to react as a driver to take in and absorb the, what the sort of the road environment around you so critical so even when you're driving we want people to reflect back and we're doing a lot of uh, of, um, of laser enforcement speed enforcement and those are the messages that we're trying to deliver to people to saying even if it's 15 kilometers an hour maybe you're doing over the limit it may not seem like a lot to you it may be that bad habit that you've gotten into but man those 15 kilometers if there's an emergency in front of you you'll wish you had every one of those off your you know that you're going slower and at the limit um, and I'll just say sort of 
of end with this just by saying there's one word on every speed sign in the city, and it's maximum. And so if it's a 40 zone, it's maximum. The roads are engineered and designed for certain speeds, right? But they're definitely people can go faster. But it's the un- everything above is becomes unsafe. If the weather's bad, we talked about snow. Well, maybe if it's 50 kilometer an hour zone, don't be doing 50 clicks, right? That's the maximum for the best conditions that you've got. So slow down. Okay, is what we're you asking. know what? If you go slower than other people behind you, they will run you off the road. It's, it's, you know. uh, and uh, I did want to say to. Bob, because uh, obviously he ha- he always has a lot to say on this subject. He did make a good point mm-hmm. about eye contact. Eye contact is really important. I've got to confess, mm-hmm. I sometimes cross mid-block, not in a huge thing, and and uh, I will certainly cross with ten seconds because I can do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but um, I make eye contact if and and that's really important. Let mm-hmm. us go to Ian and Guelph. Hi, Ian. Hi there. Um, I was wanting to know about the enforcement. Uh, you said that there was no jaywalk on your <clears throat> on the books, but there is a law saying that a pedestrian can cross anywhere between intersections as long as they don't slow or impede the flow of traffic. Um, <clears throat> is that enforced? I would say, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'll be honest with you, it's it's likely not a heavily enforced uh, section of the Highway Traffic Act. I mean, people, again, it's one of those things that an officer has to uh, to be there. We're, we're focusing our attention, I can tell you right now, working with the Vision Zero team with the city to put officers where they're going to have the most um, impact, they're going to have the most benefit. Uh, and, and that typically is in, in corridors that are identified of having previous crashes, instances of speed. There's lots of technology out there that uh, that they're utilizing to give us direction um, uh, to where to go. So uh, we're focusing on big four, typically around speed, impaired driving, distractions, things like that. Okay. Well, then for the councillor and you, um, when it's at an intersection, it says that no one is to, uh, no pedestrian is to enter an intersection on anything but a walk sign, and in the absence of a walk sign, a solid green. And yet, downtown Toronto, we see people run to make the last three seconds. I think that's the problem of gridlock, but it's $150 to step off that curb. Do you know any officers? I don't, I ask. And I don't know any officer that has ever written a ticket. And yet, if you drive downtown now, I bet that you will see, if you're wanting to make a right-hand turn, you will have to wait for people that start crossing on the yellow. Okay, I'm going to let uh, Stephen Holliday respond to that. That is very accurate. And uh, as a person that, you know, walks out here in Etobicoke and walks downtown, I I can, you know, relate with my own two eyes that, uh, you know, it's those behaviors that can drive up congestion. Uh, It's true, uh, you don't hear about a lot of enforcement. I have heard factually that that those enforcements are done from time to time. And I think if we do them, we should be balanced. We wouldn't want to target just pedestrians. We would want to have enforcement out there um, looking at pedestrian cyclists and drivers uh, so that all of the bad behaviors are being corrected. Uh, but perhaps if people were more knowledgeable about those rules and uh, a little bit less casual about bad behaviors, you know, it's it's like the litter theory. You see one person do it and then you do it and suddenly everybody else is doing it. 
it, it is it is far and the police officers can correct me, but it is factually correct that a pedestrian is not supposed to enter the intersection without the appropriate signal. And uh, I just wish people would follow that rule. We all have to do our part, and I think it would reduce congestion. And I think it would just make things safer around these intersections. You know what? You're talking about you're seeing one person do it. But in, in um, major downtown intersections, it's not one person. It's, it's like a crowd okay. of people yep. all crossing against the light. What are you going to do? It's like the speeding. It's just a bad culture that we have in the city and I think probably in North America and other places. Um, The only other thing I would say is uh, you go to a city like Montreal where everyone knows that the light changes. (laughs) That's right. And you know, as soon as one's red, the other one's green. They don't have that little extra second delay. Uh, In my traveling to Montreal, there are less people that do those things because the pedestrians know if you're not clear that intersection, you're getting run over. And, you know, we're just we're just sloppy with our habits in Toronto. And uh, and I wish we would do better because I think it would be safer. I, I, I have memories growing up of my mother grabbing what, me one hand, my brother in another hand and crossing against crazy Quebec traffic. Oh, it's, boy. <laughs> it's like, anyway, um, I'm not sure how relevant that is. <laughs> it was a few years ago. Uh, uh Sam in Toronto, you blame the city for this. Oh, yeah, Libby, good morning to you. Good morning, I think good afternoon. When you, at, um, when you look at National Geographic, you know, when you see there is a drought in Africa and animals who uh, live uh, next to each other in peaceful times during regular times, you know, they, they start fighting each other. Uh, drivers in Toronto are fighting for a space, and a space is getting smaller, smaller, smaller. Frustration due to this unregulated uh, construction by this city. Paul Tory is just giving lip service. Paul Tory wants profit. John Tory. Yeah, you know, and um, John Tory, I'm sorry. John Tory, the same last name. So basically what's going on, the city has unregulated construction. It's, it's a chaos. We talked about it before. And the side effect of this, okay, in this city, is that drivers, they want to release door, you know, and once they get out of that pressured area, what the first avenue they find, they run into it and go out. I know it's crazy and it's their fault, but, but, but this city has something to do with all this, you know, and is not trying to, by trying to penalize people or putting more fines, it's not going to fix the problem. The problem is very fundamental and they have to address it and they refuse to address it because they are part of the problem. Okay, and Sam, you know what? I'm going to let uh, Stephen Holiday respond yeah. because we, we have been hearing about all these initiatives uh, making it more expensive to shut down streets for construction. Uh, yeah. We talked about coordination after those terrible cases of pedestrians being killed oh, by construction vehicles. So let him respond, yeah, Sam. I mean, thank you for the call. So I, I, I may not factually agree with everything you've said. I mean, I'm not... I, you know, I don't think it's fair to say the mayor's uh, looking for uh, profits or trying to increase the city. But you know, I do take to heart your um, your feelings about congestion in the city, and in many ways agree to them. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just do a simpler example. I deal with neighborhoods all the time, and people will come to me and say, you know, councillor, we need a stop sign at this intersection. Too many cars are going fast down my street. I want them to stop and then start up again and keep going. And I say, but. But you don't have congestion here. You don't have competition for the intersection. We don't put stop signs in to just try to stop the traffic, to make it slower, to make it harder. 
And uh, we, there's often arguments about this. Some counselors have the philosophy of, well, if somebody asked for it, just put it in. And it's for the very reason that was just brought up by the caller, that if you, if you put an intervention in there, like a light or a stop sign that doesn't belong, what do some of the drivers do? They go even faster after you've made them stop, or they roll through the, the stop sign. The two so, stop signs right outside my street? Yep. If you, you want, if you want to collect fines, come there, because most people ignore it, and, and it is a little dangerous because it's probably because they don't belong there for some reason they were installed and and that's where the caller is correct you know the city collectively uh, we don't do it right all the time we put these controls in place and we artificially create congestion and what happens people react as humans do and they speed or they don't comply with a stop sign and perhaps after all of that work we've made it less safe that, that's an interesting thought. Now, Val has a question. Val and Barry. Hi, Val. Hi. Um, I'm going to try and make this as fast as possible. Uh, we're talking about human beings here, and we're talking about cars. And in, I'm from the old school. I was brought up that pedestrians at all times have the right of way. I'm driving a killing machine. Slow down, everybody. We're talking about human beings. I don't care if they walk out with their their um, phones and they're not paying attention. You pay attention because you're driving a killing machine. End of story. Okay, Thank Val, you. we'll see what everybody has to say about that. Uh, I know some of our other callers would disagree, but uh, legally, do pedestrians, they don't always have the right of way, do they? Not always, but yeah. I think it's a courtesy thing, right? And that's yeah. what we're talking about. We're seeing a lot of um, a lot of courtesy being uh, lost out there on the roads when we see people approaching a sidewalk. Uh, I'm just looking out here in, in Liberty Village, right? You can <laughs> see, you know, people are approaching the intersection. You know, drivers, Looking at their phones? They may be, and I like what the caller said there, saying that may be, right? But, I mean, again, as a driver, we want people, you know, to have that priority. But the reality is, is when somebody legally enters an intersection at a crosswalk or an intersection, they have all the time, legal in the Highway Traffic Act, to complete their crossing safely. See, even if there's a slower walker and the light signal starts to change, right, and it goes down to the countdown timer, cycles on, and then the solid hand comes on, that pedestrian, as long as they've entered the roadway uh, within their allotted time, they have as much time as they need to finish their crossing. And so, I mean, there's semantics here for sure, but it really boils down to distills in my, in my view and, 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 and about courtesy and communication on our roads. Uh, we're losing a lot of that, uh, that sort of human touch when it comes to that. We get caught up into the moment, it seems. But we, again, we want, it, it, it is about drivers looking down the road, anticipating, seeing that person cross the road. And what if that person made a mistake? What if that kid crosses the road and they, you know, they, they, they shouldn't have been? You want to be in a position to stop and not have a problem. And so it's all those things and people have to change. They don't change behavior because Brad or Jason or the counselor told them to. They change behavior because they feel differently about it and, they're, and they actually see themselves in that moment saying, I could do something differently. Uh, okay. Um, we are just about out of time. Sergeant Kraft, what would you like to leave us with? Just that uh, road safety is a shared responsibility. Everybody has to identify their own personal risks and and act according to those risks. Um, whether the pedestrian is, has the right of way or, or the, the vehicle has the right of way, um, like the counselor said earlier, uh, a car between uh, a collision between a pedestrian and a car, the car is winning all the time. Counselor Holliday, uh, what would you like to leave us with? And, and also, when will we start seeing results from Vision Zero? Well, I, I, I personally think we're already seeing results 
results because the controls are out there. It's just hard to discern from the statistics. And anyone that's curious about it can go online to the city's website and the Toronto Police website where there's a ton of information, including real-time maps and reports that shows you what's going on out there. But if I could leave a key message, I'd say to everyone that's listening, you know, think back to when you first learned to drive or were, were learning the, ro- uh, the rules of the road. You know, back in the day when you saw a yellow light and you tried to stop, or when the hand came up on the uh, the crossing at the at the light, you said, you know what, I'm going to stop and wait for the next cycle. I think we just have to get back to that point. And somehow we've lost our way. But when we do, I think we're going we're gonna to see a much safer and a much happier city. Okay. Thank you so much to everyone on this fascinating topic. Uh, Councillor Stephen Holliday and Sergeants Brett Moore and Sergeant Kraft. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.